بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف العنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد الحمد لله we continue with where we left off from in the previous lesson. The previous lesson, we discussed some of the affairs of the companions. Ma'am, and of course, it was followed on from the other objectives and what we mentioned previously in terms of the other usul. And <coughs> from the usul that the jama'ah is based upon, or the basis rather of those of the Jama'ah is the generation of the companions and this particular generation, the companions and they are from the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu and then those that followed them from the Tabi'een and <coughs> first and foremost what is the definition of a companion? The definition of a companion is what? <coughs> well, I met the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam As a Muslim He believed in him mm-hmm. and, and died upon Islam even if you are prostrated between Died upon Islam even if you are prostrated between Now I mentioned some Messiah in relation to that So I don't remember, what I remember the Messiah that we mentioned Some of the issues that we mentioned Surrounding that definition, whether it be Messiah regarding individuals or just Messiah regarding the definition itself. I don't remember some of the Messiah that we mentioned. Regarding the definition. The individuals that lived in the same time but never met the Prophet. The individuals that, met, that lived in the same time but never met the Prophet, but they believed in him. Now, for example, who? Najashi. Now. So Jashi, he met the companions, but he did not meet the Prophet Hence, he was, God is what there? A tabi'i. Now, from after the tabi'i. We also mentioned the rest of that regarding who? Isa alayhi salam. And we said, and we asked to pose the question, is he regarded as being from amongst the companions? Now, and what was the conclusion we came to? Is a prophet. So yeah, so he falls in the criteria of a companion. So if we were to talk about it in terms of strictly the definition, then yes, we take companion. However, the discussion doesn't really uh, is is kind of a discussion which is uh, uh, devoid of benefit, or it's a discussion which is <coughs> not essentially needed. Why? Because he is a prophet. prophet. So he's a prophet, so of course he's of a higher station. And also, what is the importance of knowing the, who the companions are and the definition of who the companions are? What, what are its importance? And how does that relate to it being obsolete by knowing whether Isa is a companion or not? What's important to know the companion? Why? What's this important? 
We take our default and we walk better. They narrated from the Messenger of Allah. So it says a narration now. So if we need to know who your companion is to know the strength of the narrators. Now, so if we know a companion is a narrator in the chain, in the rewire, just by, just by the fact that he's a, that he's a companion, he automatically we say what? Uh, what's the correct? A creed about them? Is that what? They're all trustworthy. Depart. Now, they're all trustworthy. Likewise, as well as linked to that is that from the from the correct belief is that we have to hold them in high regard. <coughs> from the high, hold them in high regard is to have that belief that they are trustworthy. Now, however, if we're talking about Isa alayhi salam, then we have to hold him in high regard anyway due to the fact that he's a prophet. Now, he's a prophet from the Anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from Allah's uh, prophets and messengers. And so he have, we have to hold him in high regard anyway due to that. So him being be a companion or not is not of, uh, of any uh, real benefit in discussing it from that, from that bad. As for in terms of riwayah, then also it's not something which is significant or whether to whether we discuss him as being a companion or not, because he has no rewire, he has no no narrations. There's no narrations where an individual narrates from Isa Ali So due to that <coughs> we say that now he falls into the definition, however, is not of any is an obsolete uh, understanding anyway. So as for the companions, then what is the correct creed in relation to the companions? Just mentioned. The Uthikat, Naam, the Uthikat, they're all trustworthy. And the one that curses them essentially has done what? Disbelief. Attacked the religion. Attacked the disbelief and attacked the religion. Now. Indirectly attacked the Prophet. Now, so it's, it's an indirect ta- attack upon the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi now, the one that makes sub of the Sahaba makes cur- a curses of companions. Likewise, as well, why is it that we can state that the, the one that makes sub of Sahaba, yeah, it's actually in of itself, yeah, irrespective of whatever we say about individuals, but the action itself is an action of kufr, yeah, the one that uh, curses the companions, whether it be individuals or whether it be a group of them, whether it be all of them in, in, in totality. <coughs> why do we say that the one that does so? <coughs> Has disbelief, or this is actual disbelief, right? Allah said, Allah Ta'ala has praised him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised them directly. Now, by way of statement, Allah is pleased with them, you have the totality. So, anyone that rejects that, then no doubt this is a rejection of something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us of. So, it's taqdeeb of the Quran. That is, it's rejection and denial of the Quran, which no doubt is kufr. Now, just as, for example, if we used to say, the one that rejects the obligation of salah, this is kufr. Because it's takadib of that which Allah has informed us of the obligation of the salah. And so Allah has informed us of the correct creed in relation to the companions. The one that rejects that, then this is action of kufr. The one that is denied that is action of kufr. Uh, and in terms of, we said that this is from the action of the enemies of Islam. Why? Why? What is... Why is... Is it uh, the case that those that oppose Islam, their intent would be to attack the companions? Why? It's a way of attacking the Prophet. Also, what? It's a way of 
separating us from the narrations. Separating us from the narrations. Now I'm separating us from the narrations. How though? How does that, how is that how does that uh, how is that done in a practical sense? They put doubt on what the Sahaba narrated. Now, if you if you put doubt upon the the, the companions themselves by way of by way of cursing them, speaking ill of them, now I make a tanakus of their station. Yeah, I need to see to, to degrade them and their status. Then, by way of that, you will seek to degrade that which they come with the narrations of, of from the message of Allah. Now, so if you bring about doubt upon them as individuals, then of course you want to bring about doubt upon the Prophet or doubt upon the narrations that come from him. And this is no different from those actions where you find that the people, when they speak about those that are conveyors of truth, whether it be from the Anbiya, whether it be from the companions, whether it be from the scholars, now the immoral scholars, that rather than discuss the message that they've come with, I haq, and seek to dispel, if they believe it to be bartered, seek to try to dispel that. What they will attempt to do is speak about the individuals and throw doubt upon the individuals uh, as, as, as people. Now, and doubt upon the credibility of those that could disseminate the truth. Hence why when they said about the Prophet Sallallahu they was a sahir or he was a majnoon or he was a kahid. <coughs> what they said about the Prophet Sallallahu is that he was a sorcerer. Or what they said about the Prophet Sallallahu was that he was a soothsayer. Or, or that which they said about him that he was majnoon. So rather than if they believed his message of Tawheed to be bartered, rather than refute the affair of Tawheed itself, which they're not able to do, they found themselves speaking about the Prophet ﷺ, him specifically as an individual. And so this is, this is continuous. We mentioned as well a group of individuals that are well known for this, where they, in terms of their da'wah, in the Sahaba Islam, they will seek to attack the companions. And you mentioned who are they? Orientalists. The Mustashriqeen. In order to attack Islam, and this is this is the, the ghaya of their of their talab. These individuals seek knowledge of Islam, whether they seek knowledge of Arabic, seek knowledge of when it comes to Rasulullah Hadith, seek knowledge of the Hadith itself, seek knowledge of Rasulullah Fiqh, Umur that you'll find the Tulab al-Ibn, the Muslim Tulab al-Ibn studying. They seek knowledge in this in order to try and find deficiencies and refute Islam itself. To try and find deficiencies so that they can refute Islam itself. And no doubt from the individuals that they make uh, a real focus upon are the companions. Because they want to throw doubt upon the state of the companions and degrade the state of the companions so that they are able in that regard to throw doubt upon that which they're transmitting. And they're not transmitting anything except the Sunnah. And so if they, if they throw doubt upon the Sunnah, then as we mentioned in the beginning, Islam is the Sunnah and the Sunnah is Islam. So this is the this is the, the tariqah, this is their intent. Allah Ta'ala. Is that clear? Now, so uh, we have <coughs> our next point. Today, our next point today, which I believe is point number four. Point number four.
Torah. They will have the Arabic to, to read it. Well, I can see you've got Arabic with it, rather than see your names. Fadal Abbas. And they call it Umar, call it Umar. So this is the same Umar in the Khattab. Naam. And this is a found in this the statement itself is found in uh the uh, Ibana or Ibn Abatta. And this narration sometimes is also narrated from Al Awza'i. It's also a narration that is sometimes narrated by Al Awza'i. <coughs> and it mentions the yani, Balagani and Umar. It's reached me from Umar. <coughs> it reached me from Umar. What does that say about the narration? It says, if he says it reached me from Umar. There's a break in the chain. However, essentially the statement is Aftabat and Umar. Now, and so, essentially the statement, as I mentioned, that there's no excuse for anyone when it comes to a misguidance that they've fallen into, that they've, they've embarked upon, with them regarding it as being guidance. And not for anyone that has left off guidance due to the fact that they regard it as being misguidance. For indeed, that all of the affairs have been clarified, and explained, and the proofs have been affirmed, and you have, we have the proofs, the clear evidences. So with that, the excuses have been cut off. With that, the excuses have been cut off. 
And so this is Qawlu Umar Rahimahullah Then ala udhar li ahad First and foremost, he mentions la udhra Yani la udhra The word udhra here In the Arabic language is mansub It's mansub And it's because it follows the la The la The word la La here, does anyone know what kind of la this is? For those that are aware of the Arabic language, or some nahu. What is this la referred to as? La? Nafia lil? Can I sing? Can I touch a fan of the So this la is la nafi the sin, so it's an absolute negation. For la nafi the jins, the word after it is is one so. Just as you find in the shahada, la ilaha. La ilaha, there's absolutely no deity. So it's absolute negation. So here. We have the statement of, of, of Umar regarding Udhr, regarding the, the person with excuse. He mentions La Udhra, yeah, there's absolutely no excuse. Now, so he, he negates abs, in the absolute sense any form of excuse for anyone. And this is due to the fact, as, as uh, <coughs> Sheikh Fawzan mentioned, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clarified the truth. وَفَصَّلَهُ فِي الْقُرْآنِ وَالسُنَّةِ And he has described it within the Qur'an and the Sunnah. فَلَا أُضْرَ لِأَحَدٍ هِينَ إِذٍ فِي الدُّلَالَةِ And so there's no other, there's no excuse there, there within, for the one that falls into dolala, for the one that falls into misguidance. لِأَنَّ الْتَقْسِيرِ جَاءَ مِنْ كِبْلِهِ يعني مِنْ كِبْلِهِ هُوَ So when a person is falling short in that regard and the person is falling into dalala he's falling short that falling short is due to himself نعم Why? Because the haqqs we make clear the haqqs we make clear by the kitab and the sunnah So if the person is falling short it's due to something that they've done themselves Hayf lam yabhath anil haq. The person has not sought after the truth. Walam yas'al ahl al-ilm. Faddalal ja'amil kibrihi. Fuhuwa al-ladhi farrat. Huwa al-ladhi farrat. So, this is due to the fact that the person did not search for the truth. And the person did not search for the truth. Naam. I did not ask ahl al-ilm. Then this dalal, this misguidance has come from him. And he was negligent in that regard. Now, a person cannot complain about falling to dalala. Or a person complains about leaving of huda, leaving of guidance. Whilst, lem yakun, yani as-su'al He wasn't a person of questioning, he didn't question. Allah Ta'ala has commanded us with that. فَاسَلَ الْأَحْلُ الذِّكْرِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ 
to ask people for remembrance, like the Ahlul Ilm, the scholars, if you don't know. So now if the individuals fall short in this, they don't ask, or they do not engage in Talib Ilm, then of course they can't now say that they are free of blame. <coughs> Thereafter, Versions, Yadi Hasibaha Hudan. I raised the Dolala in a misguidance that the person regarded as being Hudan, Yadi Guidance. Fee Bayan and the Zon, La Yogni Mina is Haki Shea. Wallah Jalla Wayala, your cool, where in no home, your Sudun, or home, and Sabili, where Yasabuna, and no Muhtadun. And there's no, in reality, there's no uh, value for what they're upon and they're done. Whatever they, they believe, whatever they think, there's no value in relation to the truth. It cannot be weighed up against the truth. The truth is one thing. It's possible that they're done, that, that, what, that which they perceive is a whole complete other thing, a completely other direction. However, there's no benefit or there's no kima uh, for it. There's no value to it. Just because we think something or we perceive something a particular way, we cannot now say, because I perceive it like this, it has to hold value. No, because in comparison to the hat, and when it's weighed up against the truth, the truth is what takes precedence. The truth is what holds its weight. And Allah Ta'ala states, and they indeed, regarding the shayateen, block them away from the correct path. And that they regard themselves and they believe that they are guided. Now, So in that, that which they think or that which their perception is will not be of any avail to them. It will not intercede for them. So when they see the, the, the consequence, they see the consequence of their dalala. They cannot now say that it's just how I perceived it. Naam. This is how I perceived it to be. This is what I perceived the, the haq to be. This is what I perceived huda to be. Guidance to be. Naam. Because in reality, they have no excuse. Hayf. Lam yuraji'u al-kitab al-sunnah. Hatta ya'arifu al-haq bin batil. I didn't go back to the book of the sunnah so that they could clarify and they came to know the, the, the truth of the falsehood. وَإِنَّمَا رَكِبُوا أَحْوَاءُهُمْ وَيَحْسَبُونَ عَنَّهُمْ مُهْدَدُونَ Rather, that which they took from was their ahwa. Now, that which they took from was that which they desired. And then they took that, and they considered that to be a, the means of guidance. They regard themselves to be muhtadun. They regard themselves to be those that were guided. وَمَا هَذَا الْحَكْمَ اللَّهِ بِكُفْرِهِمْ وَدَلَالِهِمْ 
فبمجرد أن الإنسان يحسب أنه ولا الحق لا يصير هذا عذرا له and so due to that Allah Ta'ala mentioned mentions the hukum upon them and the ruling upon such individuals that they're upon يعني كفر this is an act of disbelief and misguidance and so them merely being people that regarded themselves to be upon the truth then this has not become a, a, a reason for them or an excuse for them to traverse upon that way and be upon that now and this is what you find how many times will you find an individual say that this is what this is what the truth is I believe this to be the truth however his understanding and the, the result of where he's come to that understanding is not based upon nusus. It's not based on text. You may say as a result, or when asked about it, put to task about it, why do you believe this? Why do you have this particular etiquette? You say, well, it makes sense. I say, it's mantaki, it's logical, it makes sense. And it makes sense to him. So it's his done. It's his perception. And so we have Qaeda, we have the Qaeda as mentioned in Deen. Hukum ala shayt far'an tasawwirihi. Hukum ala shayt far'an tasawwirihi. So when you make a judgment upon something, when you come to a conclusion about something, this is derived from how it is perceived. How you perceive it. So a person may make that hukum. That hukum may be that this is huda, that this is guidance. That hukum may be that this is dolala, this is misguidance. This is derived from his perception. Now, so for example, if we're going to say, for example, that the celebration of his birthday is, is guidance, it's the truth. And you say, where did you come to that hukum? That this is guidance. This action particularly is guidance. And he will say, well, based on my perception, and what I understand, we love the Prophet Wasallam, and so we should show our love to the Prophet Wasallam in every way we can. And from the from the things that we can do, I celebrate his birthday. That's that's his that's his perception. So he has that perception, which leads to that okum, leads to that particular ruling that he's made. However, that perception is that perception based upon nusus, or is it based upon his hawa? Well, that is something which is based upon his hawa and his ra'i. It's based upon his desires. It's based upon his opinion. What he regards as being logical. And so rather, when we understand hukum al-shayt, far anti-sawwurihi, yani making a judgment upon something is derived from his perception, his perception has to be based upon nusus. When you perceive something, you have to be perceiving it with the, the, the text in mind. With the Quran in mind, the Sunnah in mind. And then, thus, after that, you make a particular judgment upon the affair. Now, <clears throat> thereafter, Sheikh Fulzai goes to mention that the person does not have an excuse. Or 
لأن الواجب عليه أن يرجع إلى كتاب السنة ولا يبقى على ظنه وحسبانه وعلى ما يقوله له غيره إنه الحق فهذا ليس بعذر and so it's upon the individual نعم if he doesn't have an excuse that's the first thing except if something from the revelation has not reached him and something from the, the divine revelation has not reached him that which has been revealed to the prophets and messengers because the obligation upon him is to return back obligation upon him is to return back to the book and the sunnah and he's not to rely solely upon his dhan to rely solely upon what he, whatever he perceives as an individual or what others say to him Ma'am, so he doesn't rely upon what others say Another person might say to him, this is the truth. Then this person does not have other. He's just relying upon another individual. And they taklid of him, blindly followed him. Rather, what is upon the individual is that he follows that which is the truth. Now we follow that which is haq. We understand from this as well, Barakallahu Fikum. Is that there are examples where an individual maybe is is the case where the haq has not reached that individual. Um, the haq has not reached that individual due to circumstance. Or now, due to circumstance that the haq has not reached that individual. That's when we would say in this scenario, this is the istifna, and this is the exception if we're talking about a person having an excuse. Anything outside of that, then the person will not have an excuse. So what's an example of a person have, of, of this scenario? Does anyone know? Or can anyone think of something? Imam Abu Hanifa. Now, how many excuses like? So, the, as far as I'm aware, the four Imams, I think there was one and three of them, other than Abu Hanifa, radiallahu anhu. No. Um, he basically thought that Iman is just we understand it to be belief, speech, and action. Yes. But he just held it to be, is it belief, belief and, or speech and action, sorry. No. And so why why, why we say this is an excuse, though? Or, this is an example, but why, why are examples like this? What in, the, in the general sense, why would someone say that there's an excuse for someone that maybe has this this uh, particular uh, belief like this, or any belief which is opposition to the heart? Maybe due to the geological... Um, Location to location the time in which they lived. No, and so then what would be what would be the excuse in that regard? The location and then what is the the barrier, if that makes sense, from them attaining the hub? Didn't reach them, but if if it did reach them, they would have. No, so what you find with a lot of the a lot of these uh, cases is that the truth did not reach the individual, and he that particular individual may have sought the truth from Ahlul Ilm that were at his, in his proximity. So he sought the truth from the Ahlul Ilm in his proximity. And Ahlul Ilm in his proximity, they, that, uh, there may have been people that, have, that had that particular belief which was not 
the correct and sound creed, but this, this, these were the regardless of being at in that in their particular location. Now, as you mentioned, the geological location. And so that's what they had to take from. Now, and so this was not, this is not now an example of a person falling into tafrit, a person falling into you know, tafrit. Yeah, they, they are, are lax or they're negligent when it comes to seeking of the truth. They, they went to Ahlul Ain. But due to the, the time period that they live in, they were living in, or the, the location they were living in, the Ahlul Ain that they had access to all shared a particular khalad when it came to a particular belief. Now, the example of that as well would be Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami, as mentioned in his biography, Allah, that he lived in a location in Habasha where he was surrounded by those that had the, uh, the creed of the Asha'ira. Now, I'm surrounded by those that had the creed of the Asha'ira. And so, in terms of his tarbiyah, he was raised upon that particular tarbiyah. However, as soon as he left his land, he was able to leave that land and study with the scholars of a Saudiya, yani in the Mamlakat Arabiya to Saudiya, in Saudi Arabia, then he learned the correct creed and accepted the correct creed in relation to Asma wa Sifat. Not only did he accept the correct creed in relation to Asma wa Sifat, but then he ended up authoring many books in the affair of Tawheed and specifically. Asma wa sifat. Na'am, So, this is an example of where we say that an individual, maybe he was he lived in a, in a time or amongst an, uh, people where they were not upon that which was correct. They had, they had some deficiencies when it came to the, the usul, the correct creed. However, that was which was hoped of them is that if they had come across that creed, then they would have accepted it. An example of that of someone that did come across the correct creed and eventually didn't accept it. In, in our contemporary times is Sheikh Muhammad Aman al Jami. Now, Wallahu A'lam. Now, <coughs> thereafter, there was well, Sheikh Fazal Bishr's Da'aya, Innahum at Takhudu Shayateen Auliyam in Duni Lahi, Wayahsabun, Annahum Muhtadun. That indeed they took. The shayateen as close allies of Muhammad and Allah. And they regarded themselves to be, or regarded themselves to be those that were upon guidance. The Shaykh mentions, Undur, كيف اقتقضوا الشياطين الانس والجن اولياء من دون الله. So look how these individuals took the shayateen now from ins the shayateen from amongst the jinn and took them as awliya from amna Allah naam and they followed them and regarded themselves as being from guidance Shaykh Mishra says what is shayateen to read lahum al-khayr do the shayateen want good for them and these people are do they want good for them? Naam. Kama qala ta'ala, wa man ya'ashu an dhikri rahmani nukayyid lahu shaytana fa huwa lahu qareen. And so whoever turns away 
whatever from the remembrance of Rahman, the remembrance of Allah, that will be taken by these shayateen. And he will, be, he will come to him as a close companion. I will be the one that whispers him and blocks the path as a Korean. And Allah Ta'ala thereafter mentions, in the home, they should do that and severely and they are those that close and block off the path and regard them as being upon guidance so they regard those that are from the followers of the shayateen regard them as being upon guidance and so, just because they regard themselves as being upon guidance, their perception is of no avail to them. Their perception that they're upon guidance is of no avail to them. Because that which we take, take significance, no doubt, are the realities. And the reality is, is that they have turned away from the truth. The reality is, is that they have taken a path of misguidance. The reality is, is that they've left off guidance for misguidance. Now, if we're talking about a person being uh, having um, an accept or an, an exception or now being uh, having ex- or being excused rather, then this occurs when it comes to masail ishtihadiyah in the affairs of ishtihad. this is the ishtihad of insan. So when an individual exerts himself in order to research a particular topic, to the extent and so he regards this as being the truth. And so if the Hakim strives to reach the truth, embarks upon research and the ishtihad, and so the scholar or the judge strives to make a contemplative ruling, and he's correct in that, then he has two rewards. And if he strives and is incorrect, he has one reward. This is in relation to the Masail of Ishtihad. This is in relation to the Masail of Ishtihad. So, a person can say that an individual may receive two rewards or a person may receive one reward. Two rewards, why? The one reward for the Ishtihad, so one reward for the, for the Bah. For the research and his striving to reach the truth. One reward for that. And another reward due to the fact that he actually attained the truth. Then you have the one where he says 
Or the one that receives one reward. He receives that one reward, why? Now, ishtahad. So you see, the one reward of Jews is ishtahad. Lekin, la yusif. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't correct. So he didn't receive the second reward for being correct. But you see, the reward for striving and researching to reach that truth. So the reward is for that. Upon this point, this point here, I think it's important to ask quite a question. There's something which is mentioned a lot. And there's something which is mentioned when it comes to the affair of Arjah wa Ta'deen. Yani the science when it comes to disparagement and praising. And an individual will say that we don't have to accept this jarh, for example, this, this disparagement upon Fulan, because it's just his ishtihad. It's just an ishtihad of a particular scholar. So let's say, for example, we say, for example, you have the individuals that say in an affair of Ali Hassan al-Halabi, anyone that knows him. Ali Hassan al-Halabi. That Sheikh Rabi' mentioned him and spoke about him. This guy who has a Murtada. I mentioned his errors in detail. However, another individual will say that we do not have to accept this tabdir because this is just the ishtihad of the shaykh. We do not have to accept it because it's ishtihad. And so, it's possible that he's incorrect. And if he's incorrect, alhamdulillah, he has one ajah. Is this particular line of thinking and line of speaking correct? And if it is, why is it correct? And if it's not, why is it incorrect? Is the question clear? No. If it relates to Aqidah. If it relates to Aqidah, essentially, in a manner, yes, but something more than that, though. Sajjah Mufassar. Well, how can you not say it's ishtihad? Because you've got the proofs and evidences. There's some proofs ishtihad, does that bring evidence? Say? No. The question, the question is now. For ishtihad? Atab al dalil he said he had surrounding factors and this is why he was using surrounding factors the answer is closer so a lot of blank faces a lot of silly faces that are ready to give me the answer Others would have agreed with him. We're getting closer. It's not a condition for every single alim to uh, to make a jarh upon a person in order for him to become a mutaqib. That's absolutely true, but we're getting further away from the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Sheikh took the, the statements of Ali Hassan al-Halabi mm-hmm. and he proved how his statements contradicts the Quran and the Sunnah. No. So with that, he criticized him yani, for opposing the Quran and the Sunnah. No. Using the examples of Ali Hassan al-Halabi's mukhalafat and the Sunnah. No. And in that case, his ijtihad was correct based upon that. So it's... it's uh, and therefore, obviously, if the evidence is presented, you have to accept it. MashaAllah. He was, he, was, he was right there in the last bit at the end. <laughs> right at the end. Yani, sah, asant. The reality is he brought all of the evidences. So, the, the affair of Jahmat al-Din Aslan is not an affair of ishtihad. It's not an affair of ishtihad. Naam. So, essentially, the, the, those that seek to mention this abab of Jahmat al-Din they, cite, they try to enter into the Bab of Ishtihad so that they can essentially reject certain Aqwal. Just as, for example, when it comes to Fiqh, you can accept Aqwal, you can reject Aqwal. Because it's Fiqh. So, it's a, for example, if a person says, I'm upon this opinion where you raise your hands, or you raise your hands after in, in, uh, in the Takbirat, now a person says, you don't raise your hands in the Takbirat, and I have my evidence, you have your evidence, that there's a degree of Tasamah. The degree of allowance between each person. So they want to add, make this part of that. Does that make sense? So the first thing is that it's not ishtihad, a messiah ishtihadiyah. It's not an affair of ishtihad, where a person looks at the evidence and he comes to a conclusion uh, using this and using that, using the tools, as a person will make ishtihad. Rather, the person identifies Bartin, if he identifies the Bartin, and he clarifies the Bartin. So it's an affair of Hujaj, and the person bringing proofs. As the brothers, a lot of brothers mentioned that. Mentioned the Dalil. It's an affair of Adilla. So this is, the, this is the clear difference. That if a person now says, for example, that Fulan, Zaid bin nas okay, Zaid, he uh, doesn't attend the Salat al-Jama'ah. He doesn't attend the Salat al-Jama'ah. And I know this about Zayd. And I say this about Zayd. Naam. This is, a clear, this is a clear evidence that is mentioned about this individual. Jarhan. Naam. It's not a case of a person has to do ishtihad in that regard. Or does he attend the Salat? Does he not attend the Salat? If he doesn't attend the Salat, he doesn't attend the Salat. And if a person mentions that with evidence, then it's a reality. Does it make sense? Yeah. So it's about the mentioning of the realities of individuals. And it's not a case of ishtihadat. So when now, as Jaya mentioned, Zawlakhir, you have the mentioning of the mukhalafat. We mentioned Ali Hassan as an example. His mukhalafat, his opposition to the truth. These are things that he said, these, and this is, this is how he opposes the truth. He said these things. So it poses the truth. It's not ishtihad. Naam. So it's important that you don't that you don't allow for individuals to enter this into that. And make this affair of Jahu Taddeen one where it is it is treated as if it's fiqh. Naam. Because essentially as well, when it comes to the Radha Mukhalif, when it comes to the refutation of the one that has opposed the truth, then no doubt, it's going to be going back. It's going to be an affair that goes back to the usul. That was the one the first was mentioned. It goes back to the aqidah. This is the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. This is what so and so said. 
this is how I oppose that Akhidah Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Now, does it make sense? And so it's not a case of where a person can say, this is the evidence, and based on this evidence, this is how I understand this evidence to be. It's not based upon our own understanding, or our own perception of it, or the own tools that we use to understand it. Rather, if we're talking about what is the, the division between Hakka and Martin, it's, it's what is mentioned in, in that regard. Now, does that make sense? And so from the, from the practice of a lot of the people, is that they will say that, no, for example, Sheikh Fulan said this, and rather than seeking not to make tanakas of the Sheikh, but still trying to defend the individual, the smardot, still trying to defend the individual that has, that has been spoken about, or majroh, that has been criticised, in order to defend them, they'll say, but that, that statement is ishtihad. Now, but there's no ishtihad in the affair altogether. It's hujaj. It's delayed. Now, likewise, when a person says, that you are just following Sheikh Fulan, you're making taklid of a particular Sheikh. They say this many times, especially about Sheikh and Sheikh Rabia, that the individuals are making taklid of the Sheikh. They're blindly following the Sheikh. If the person has understood the Sheikh has brought this evidence, and he understands the evidence of the Sheikh, there's no taklid in that regard. He's following the hujah, he's following the evidence, as is mentioned by Sheikh Mukbur, rahimahullah. As individuals follow the evidence. Allah Allah. Make sense of it. It's important that we understand that particular mas'ala. Why? Because it's something that is mentioned on, a, on, on many an occasion. On many occasions we will mention this to try and belittle a particular criticism. Now, along with that as well, <coughs> Sheikh... Uh, Sheikh Fawzan mentions this or expands upon this. He mentions that this, uh, this particular adoration, adoration in relation to the Hakim, right, the one that receives two rewards, the one that receives one reward, this is in Masail Ishtihadiyah. But it's in the Masail where there is room for Ishtihad. Ammal Masail Tawqifiyah, wa hiya al Amur al Aqidah, falaysli ahadin an yashtahid fiha. As for the affairs of Aqidah, now I mean the affairs of Tawqifiyah, where there's abs- affairs are absolute, yeah, the Aqidah, the Usul, there is no room for Ishtihad. The person cannot now say that I've done my Ishtihad and I'm going to reject these attributes of Allah, for example. Or I've done my Ishtihad and <coughs> I'm only going to accept the thicker of these from the companions, for example. No, rather... The affair and the usul, when it comes to Ahlul Sunnah, well, Jama'ah are one. And it's absolute. And so a person cannot accept this or that. Now, let's accept the absolute truth. The truth is one. Now, and so the Shaykh goes on to mention, Bel, Al-Wajib Ittiba'a Dilil. Wala majal fiha lil-ishtihad. And so what is wajib, what's an obligation is that person follows the delil. The, follow, the person follows the proofs. And then there's no room, and there's no, there's no, nah, there's no room for ishtihad. The person saying, I'm going to do ishtihad in this regard. Now, likewise, thereafter, Shaki mentions, Wulafi hudan, Tarakahu, Hasibahu, Dalala. 
And likewise, in relation to guidance, the person does not have an excuse of leaving off an affair of guidance, an affair of haqq, because he regards it as being misguidance. لَيْسَ الْعَمَرَ عَلَى الْحِسْبَانِ وَالظَّنِ Now, so it's not an affair of how a person perceives it or what a person thinks. It's not about what you think it is. Naam. So, just because a person thinks that something is guidance, he takes misguidance because he perceives it to be guidance. Or he takes, or he leaves off the truth. <coughs> because he believes it to be dolala, because he believes it to be misguidance. Naam, as mentioned previously, his perception does not will not intercede for him. Because that which is guidance and that which is misguidance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clarified that which is in the Quran. And that the Messenger وسلم, has clarified that within the Sunnah. And so, you find that the Salaf have clarified the truth in their Seerah and their Aqeedah. And so the Haqq is clear. What is meant by they've clarified it in their Seerah? And the seerah how is this Haqq clarified in the Seerah of the Salaf? How is the Haqq clarified when it comes to the Seerah of the Salaf? The Mawaqif will come to fit him. Now, what else? Let's say, that, let's say that's their actions. The Mawaqif, the position they took in the title of fit him. What else? Statements that are narrated by them. Because their statements are reflections upon their perception of the Nusuls. And their faham of the Nusuls. So when they understand the text in a particular way, then they will make that statement in that regard. They will make the statement in regards to those texts. So when you hear, for example, the narrations about the Muhammad of Ahlul Bid'ah, how they deal with Ahlul Bid'ah, how they treat Ahlul Bid'ah, the people of innovation, all of that is a reflection naam, upon their understanding of the Nusus when it comes to the Kitab of the Sunnah. And what, and what we understand bid'ah to be, innovation to be, and its people to be. So it's a reflection of that. And so no doubt within that is a clarification of the truth. So the haq is wadih. Now, and so, alhamdulillah, the truth is absolutely clear. And it's from the rahmah of Allah, from the mercy of Allah, that the truth is clear from the kitab of the sunnah. Wa hadiya salaf salih. And so, the guidance of the Salaf of Salih, you don't find that there's anything within it which is concealed or hidden. There's a degree of ambiguity. Without lips. And there's not something which is deceptive. Or a person is not able to Decipher between the two, between the haqq and the batil. Now, Kaba Hassan, Lil Omar al Sabiqa, 
لما طال عليهم العمد والانتبس عليهم الحق خرفت الكتب وغيرت and so as for the previous nations though that you find is that <coughs> you find that this deception occurred deception occurred and deception in relation to the truth what the truth was and the books were changed and the books had been, yani, uh, now, you find that there, there was some deception in relation to the books of the previous nations. As for this Ummah, this Ummah yabqa wadihan wal kitab al-sunnah mahvufani min tahrif wa tadhir. Falaisli ahad al-udhr al-hina idhin. As for our Ummah that we have the Kitab of the Sunnah. And both of them are wadih. And none of them have been distorted or changed over the years. This is, a, this is from the Rahmah of Allah. The Kitab and the Sunnah have been preserved. Naam. How are the means that the Kitab and the Sunnah have been preserved? From the most obvious of them. How is it preserved? By us now, rewire. By rewiring the, the, base, the chain of narration. Now, by way of rewire, that has been preserved in this regard. And this is from the Mazai of this Ummah. And from distinguishing factors that this Ummah have is that these things have been preserved and these chains have been preserved and the likes of them. What we have here as well, Barakallahu Fiko, is something which is, as we mentioned, significant for this Ummah, and is the case when it comes to both of the Wahyid, when it comes to the book and the Sunnah. They've been preserved by way of the Riwayah. Now, thereafter, uh, Baba Hari, when he mentions, The affairs have become clear. Now, قد بينت الأمور لكنها تحتاج إلى بحث وإلى طلب. The phase will become clear. Alhamdulillah. Naam, the book of the Sunnah is clear. However, تحتاج إلى بحث وطلب. However, there's a need for بحث, there's a need for research and seeking of knowledge. So it's a case that the truth is there. For the one that wants it, the truth is there. Naam. However, what is upon the individual is talab al-ilm. What is upon the individual that he seeks knowledge. What is upon the individual is that he goes, he goes out of his way to come to an understanding of the haqq. Now, that's what is upon him as an individual. Now, al-insan that the person comes to learn and comes to an understanding يأخذ العلم عن العلماء. He takes the knowledge from the ulama. لا يأخذ العلم عن نفسه. He doesn't take knowledge from himself. He doesn't take knowledge from himself. أو عن مثله من الجهال والمتعالمين. He doesn't take knowledge from himself or from those that are the متعالمين. I don't know what a muta'alim is. 
متعالم pretender to knowledge متعالم individual that believes he has knowledge but he doesn't have knowledge نعم أو من أو من الكتب بل يأخذ العلم عن أهله so he doesn't just take the knowledge from the books as well this is the distinction so a person must seek knowledge but he must seek knowledge from his people from the, the head of the ulama he does not take knowledge from those that are like him from the juhal you know that this is prevalent now a person seeks to disseminate knowledge and it's not knowledge however that which is disseminated in reality is whatever he feels to say Naam. Whatever he feels comfortable in saying, and whether he ascribes it to Islam, then he will ascribe it to Islam. However, he will disseminate that in a manner uh, that he feels comfortable with. What I mean by that is that you find the many, the many individuals that are du'at when it comes to social media. Naam. It's not about the person being qualified to disseminate knowledge. When I say qualified, it doesn't mean that the person has to have a certificate. When we say qualified, that the person has sat with people of knowledge, that the person has benefited from the people of knowledge, that is taken from the books of the people of knowledge. <coughs> Not that the person <coughs> has opened a YouTube channel or the person has opened a Twitter account or an Instagram account or whatever social media platform account <coughs> and they are quirky enough that they attain enough followers they have attained followers by way of ilm but they may obtain followers by way of being as I said, as I said quirky different they grab their attention and in, a, and in a we live in a society we live in a time where attention spans are getting less and less and less and less before the people used to read volumes of books, then they used to read books, then they used to read one volume, then they used to read articles, then they used to read tweets, then they had to watch videos, then they had to watch shorts. The Arabic is less and less and less and less. And so in a, in a time like that, and in a society like that, the one that grabs the people's attention, these are the ones that the people become grounded to or become attracted towards. Not attracted towards them by way of the ilm, but attracted towards them because they grab their attention. So now when we're talking about the one that is qualified to disseminate knowledge, now it should be the individual that has benefited. Benefited in the regard of sitting with the scholars, benefited from the scholars. That, that can pass on whatever they've learned from the scholars to the people. But not just that a person has the ability to make a username and a password, which has been boiled down to this time. So now a person cannot, again, going back to the central point, the person cannot say that they have an other, that they have, they have an excuse. Because the Kitab and the Sunnah have been made clear. The reality is that the Kitab and the Sunnah have been made clear, but the person has to seek it out themselves. They have to make talib of that ilm. They have to strive in order to seek knowledge. And seek knowledge from the ulama. Seek knowledge from the people of, of knowledge. 
are those that are qualified to disseminate true knowledge. And so, <coughs> what you find, that the people, they may go to those that are juhal like them. The reality is you go to a person and he's just talking, speaking about Allah and his religion without any knowledge. Just narrating, just narrating. So the person may go to that one, the jahil like himself. Or, as mentioned, that the person, he goes to the one that's muta'alim. He's jahil, and he pretends he has knowledge. Now, so his, what his focus is not about the, the, the uh, dissemination of knowledge. Uh, his tarqiz is not about, I have some knowledge, I want to, 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 to pass it on to someone else. What I've learned, I want to pass it on to someone else. His tarqiz, his concentration, and his focus is upon maintaining the surah, maintaining the image that he has knowledge. He's a muta'alim. He's a pretender to knowledge. He doesn't actually perceive, but he doesn't actually have knowledge. And so, he cannot focus upon Disseminated knowledge, he doesn't have it. Faqad the shay la yu'ti. Nah, the one that does not have something, you cannot give that which is not possessed. So his focus is about perceiving or giving, keeping that perception, keeping that image of a learned person. Likewise, as well, you have the individual. <clears throat> now, you have the individual that will take knowledge. For himself, I, what he believes to be correct. We mentioned a bit of this earlier. And you have the individual that takes the knowledge from the kutub, from the books. I is in, he's engaged in the books. No doubt. The one that reads books, this is something which is praiseworthy. Ahlul Ilm, they have offered many books. The people that offer many books in order for the people to benefit from that ilm. Naam. However, this is not what the Talib al-Ilm should rely upon in totality. And the Talib al-Ilm strives to sit with the people of knowledge, strives to sit with the scholars, strives to sit with the Talib al-Ilm that benefited from the scholars. And he doesn't make his Talib one of the books. Naam. Does anyone know the terminology for the individual that that's really seeks knowledge in books? The Suhufi. And the Suhufi. As an individual that he's, he's engaged with the pages. And so he may say that an individual, he may come to a particular uh, understanding of affairs, but however, because he's only relying upon the books, and he's not, re not reading the books with the scholars, he doesn't have the understanding of the scholars when it comes to reading the books. And so his understanding goes back to who? Himself. himself. <laughs> that understanding is an understanding that he's relying upon himself. And so if he's only relying upon his own understanding, it's possible that his faham is qasim. His faham is deficient. There's naqs in his faham. There's deficient in his understanding. And so it's a must that not only does he benefit from books, but he benefits from reading those books to the people of knowledge as well. Now, and that's because this knowledge, 
is taken from the ulama. Fir'aun bittalaqi wa laysa bi'aqq bil-qutub. So Aaron is bittalaqi, yani by way of dissemination. Now this is how the Aaron is taken. From the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with his companions, all the way to now. This is how this is disseminated knowledge. By talaqi, by way of speak. By way of being disseminated from the sheikh to the people. From the from the talib, or from the, the, the sheikh to his talab. From the sheikh to the rawat, to, to the sheikh to the, to the narrators. Now, as for the books, in the Adwat Fakat. As for the books, that they are Adwat. The books are merely yani, uh, tools for that. So the books are tools for us to, to gain knowledge. Now, the Adwat is Bahr. The tools in order for us, for us to do research. When we research a particular mess'ala, we go to the books. We open this book, we open that book. To understand the particular mess'ala. Now, as for the sharh, the explanation of what is found within the books, then that is by way of the ulama. Now, and so as for when it comes to reaching the truth, then is taken from Ahlul Ilm. Now, and, and it is the, the Khalaf, the generation that, that, uh, that came after the Salaf, they narrate from the Salaf. So this Ilm is by Talaqi, and he narrated and the dissemination like this. The final point mentioned here is in relation to وَثَبَتَتِ الْحُجَّةِ وَيَقَتَعَتِ الْعُذْرِ وَيَقَتَعَ الْعُذْرِ and so the hujjah is established whilst you have the excuse is cut off. Why? Because we have the truth has been clarified. And so no one has an excuse, a reality. Because Allah Ta'ala has preserved this deed and has maintained this deed from it being distorted or from any change. And this religion is one which is wadih. It's clear. And there's no deception in relation to it. As opposed to the previous nations that have come before. فإنها لما طال عليها الأمد حرفوا كتبهم وغيروها وبدلوها فالتبس الحق وخفيا As for the previous nations, then once the time went on further, now was further time, time elapsed, then what you found is that they would seek to distort the books, change the books. Now, and replace certain parts of their books for others. And so now there was deception when it comes to the truth. Now this truth became disguised. And it became hidden. The truth became <coughs> disguised and it became hidden. Now. Inshallah. I think we'll conclude here, inshallah. We'll conclude this at this part here. 
and go on to the next point that was read, the part that was read earlier. We'll go on to the next point in the next lesson, inshallah. Which was the point Dalika and the Sunnah wal Jama'ah Qad Ahkama Naam Amr al-Din Kullahu Naam Taib Zakum Nakhir Rekhoa Rekhoa Fiku I don't know if anyone has any questions but before I have a quick question It's a recap really but I really want to make sure that that point is understood the point in relation to Ishtihad. The point in relation to Ishtihad, Barakallahu Fikr, is that what do we say in response if a person says, the Ishtihad, and it's Ishtihad, or the, this Jarh of Shaykh Rafa is his Ishtihad. So we can accept it or we can reject it. This is Ishtihad, so we can accept or we can reject What do we say in response to that? The Jahu Ta'deel, first of all, is not a mas'ala ishtihadiyya. Naam, that's the first one. Secondly, why? It's based upon the haqaiq, the realities, and falsehood and adilla. It's based upon adilla. Yani, adilla, which is qat'i. Naam, and Generally speaking, when, we, when we're talking about the affairs of Jahu Ta'deel uh, or Radul Al-Khalif, yeah, they refute to the one that opposes, then we're going to be speaking in affairs of what? The? Usul. We're going to be speaking about the affairs of the Usul. And the Usul, there is no Ishtihad in the Usul. Rather, Ishtihad occurs when? Musa'al Fiqiyah, yeah, the Furu. Now, والله تعالى أعلم زخم خيرا رفيقكم صلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين and that is that the truth didn't reach them. No, the proper excuse is the truth didn't reach them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, basically, I wanted to ask, like, do we apply that to absolutely everyone now? Um, <clears throat> when we say the truth didn't reach them, what we understand from that is that the person, the truth didn't reach them and there was no means for them to attain that truth. Naam. If the person, for example, farrat, yani, so he was <coughs> negligent when it came to seeking that truth, then we do not apply that to them. So, for example, a person had the ability to seek knowledge, nah, but he didn't seek the knowledge. We're not going to now say that this person, lahu he has this, he has that excuse because he, uh, the truth didn't reach him. Truth didn't reach him because he didn't seek it. Nah. So, like, generally speaking, we can only really apply that to very few, especially in our time now then. Especially in our time, where uh, the truth is widespread and means of attaining that truth is widespread and means of travelling to Ahlul Arab are a lot easier. Now, especially as well for ourselves, let's say, that live here in the West, where we are able to <coughs> gain enough funds 
were able to travel to the people village. Um, maybe another another scenario: a person lives in a lives in a location, or lives in an economic scenario situation where they're not able to travel, or they, they have to save for years to travel for a month. This happens. You hear about, for example, the people when um, when they would go, when they would have to save for years. People that live in maybe villages in some of these countries, and they say for years in order to do Hajj. Now, so it, it is dependent. So we wouldn't just say about time; it's all about location as well. And if a person in their location, location it allows for them, or their circumstance allows for them to seek more knowledge, then, then of course, once you have more uh, means to seek knowledge, then your excuse becomes less and less, or your your means of of uh, to have that excuse becomes less and less. Now, now say for example. The truth, alhamdulillah, has been made clear. But, like, let's say there's someone on YouTube, for example, right? Yeah. Like, maybe the issue that they're incorrecting yeah. has been made clear, but it hasn't been made clear specific to them. Is yeah. that the same, or then, or the, what? It hasn't been made clear to them. Yeah. It's, what, the same. it's, 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 it's all about uh, specifics or specific scenarios. So, if the person has made an error, Right, but this error will clarify somewhere else. If that clarity hasn't reached them, it hasn't reached them. However, then it goes back to them as an individual. Have they taken the means in order to attain that clarity? Now, have they taken that means in order have they gone to, to, to see the scholars and attain that clarity? Wow. And finally, I'll start. <coughs> for example, right, I was on Wimslow Road a couple of weeks ago. No. Just went for food with some brothers. No. And you know, obviously, you scroll on YouTube sometimes. You might recognise someone by face, even though I never listen to them. I just usually, if I see someone preaching on YouTube, I just skip it. Yeah. You know, because I don't know them. Yeah. So I saw that person, like, and basically, <coughs> I, for example, know that in this situation I didn't right, but it was made clear to me that he's definitely an innovator. Right. If I didn't know. It specifically, like, for example, a scholar refuting him. Mm. But I knew in this matter that that is therefore wrong. Yeah. Shall I stay quiet? Meaning, or are you still supposed to say, like, you're supposed to warn against him, basically? Or do you have to wait for the seniors? Okay, so... But basically, some other brothers there were like, oh, yeah, let's say something. And I was just like, don't even interact with this guy. Are they wanting to say something to him? Yeah. Like to correct him? Or I think to... they were just being boys, you know, boys being boys kind of thing. Okay. But I was just like, just don't interact, like, leave it. Yeah. No, if the person is. Well, first of all, first and foremost, to remember that the, the asal is not Salafia. Right? The asal of a person is not Salafia. The asal of a person is they're Muslim. If the person says he's Muslim, accept that from him, he's Muslim. As for Salafia, this is a Waswan Zaid, this is an, uh, an additional ascription, if you like, right, where a person is understood that they adhere to the manager Salaf, they adhere to the book of the Sunnah, they, uh, they understand, they take from the, just the understanding of the, the Salaf of the Ummah, now, and that they strive in that regard in all of their affairs, okay? Now, uh, if now it's understood that the person has fallen to error, First and foremost, there may not even need to be a discussion about whether he's Salafi or not, because maybe he was never Salafi in the first place. 
So it's not about discussion whether he was a Qadda Haq or not, because it's never been known to be Qadda truth. Now, and that which is known from him was that he was a Qadda Martin. A pr- a, a one discussion about that, going back to, to the Asad bin Salafiya, is what was mentioned in regards to uh, uh, Ibn, Ibn Hibban in his book, Thiqat. Uh, and he, Ibn Hibban, basically, in his book, Thiqat, is a book where he mentions all of the, those narrators in regards to being trustworthy, right? Untrustworthy. Trustworthy. But he mentions them uh, in the context that, upon the, upon the principle that if there's no jarh upon an individual, then he's trustworthy. Now, so many scholars they mention that this is this is incorrect understanding, because not only does it need do you need there to be no no uh, what's the word I'm looking for no jarh no uh, what's the word for jarh criticism criticism sorry that there's no criticism upon them not only do you need that also you need praise for a person to to know that they're trustworthy, right? So, many of the scholars from them, in Sheikh Islam and Tamiya, mentioned that the, the asl of mankind is a jahala, is that they don't know. The asl of mankind is that we don't know them. They're Muslim, we say they're Muslim, but anything more than that we don't know. So now, if the asl is that we don't know, and then what we do come to know is that he's deviated, right, then that's what we, what we understand from them. Now, if this person is a caller to, to deviation, Right, then, generally speaking, there wouldn't be any need to speak to them or approach them unless there's something, there's any sort of surrounding factor the way you would, where you would assume or you would hope that they would listen to what you have to say. But if now you find that it's an individual, what is generally and what is generally the case, if a person is upon any barton and they're firm upon that barton then they will suffice with being upon that button. They will, they will be uh, comfortable upon that way. And so it's generally of no benefit to go and approach them and uh, say that, you know, we want, we want to speak to you about this, this, this harm or that you fall into, that, uh, that opposition to truth that you fall into, or how you've opposed the truth anyway. Because the reality is, is that they've, they've opposed and they are coolest to that opposition as well. So you leave it to um, you leave it to those that may be more qualified, or you know those that are more qualified to assess whether it's any need to, to, to address them in the first place. As for you now, affirming that the person's from Barton, not bad, because if you this, this this is what he's this is what a person has uh, made clear upon himself. And it's not it's not for you to wait for anyone else to say so. As, as if it's made clear that they're from Barton, and there's no indication that they were ever upon the truth. In that regard. Okay. So basically, like a safe statement would be say, like I don't know him to be from the Salafian, basically. Or safe statement is not from the Salafian. That's yeah. safe as well. Yeah. He's not. Okay. If it, if you if it's a case of nothing's been mentioned, nothing from some from praise or, or anything praiseworthy in terms of Salafia from him. But then what we do see is Barton. It's not from from Ahmed or from the Salafian. Second, 
صلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم واخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين